Welcome to the Northeast Christian Podcast. We're so excited that you've decided to check out our weekly messages. We hope that you're challenged and inspired by what you're hearing today. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at one of our campuses or online at northeast.live. For more information on Northeast, visit us at necchurch.org. If you love the Northeast podcast, subscribe to our channel and leave us a comment or a rating in the Apple Podcast Store. Would you do me a favor? Will you stand with me? And uh, to begin today, we are going to read from God's Word, Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. Maybe one of the most popular Christmas passages there is. The angels were watching their flock by night, or uh, the shepherds were watching their flock by night. The angel appeared to the sky and announced this to the shepherds. I bring you good news. Greek word there means gospel, glad tidings. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Word of the Lord, you can be seated. Thanks be to God for all of his word. Good news, good news. I tell you what, our our world needs a little good news right now, doesn't it? The state of Kentucky needs a little good news right now. So by the recommendation of another preacher, I've been doing this thing to every December where... um, it's become a Christmas tradition for me. I'll come to my office, I'll sit down, I'll pour myself a cup of coffee, open up my computer, and I'll just spend about a half a day remembering the last year through the medium of photography. I'll remember the really high moments. I'll remember the really low moments. It's really a, a, an experiment in both beauty and lament. I really like uh, the Atlantics photographs on their website. Every single week throughout the year, they do 35 photos of the week, and they just kind of stockpile them up, and I flip through all of them. Uh, This year, I like the New York Times photo book. They put one out at the end of the year, just kind of hitting on the high and low points of the year. Their photography is beautiful, excellent, and... uh, And I thought it was fitting. Megan Lorem, their director of photography, titled the photo book for 2021, A Vision of a Volatile Year. Sounds about right. Because 2021 has been disproportionately loaded with volatility and violence and angst, just like 2020 for our country. So here's what I want to do today. We actually did this last year felt right. I want to do it again this year. I want to take a moment and I just want to flip through some of the pictures of some of the hardest moments that our nation and our state has been through in 2021. And as I do, I want our church collectively to allow our hearts to come together and lament before God. Do you know what lament is? Have you ever lamented? Yes, you have lamented before. I'll just go ahead and tell you. You may not have known it, but you have lamented before. Lament is a spiritual discipline throughout scripture 
that oftentimes we don't necessarily like on the front end because it feels like sadness, but it's good for us. We see it in the Old Testament prophets. We see it in the apostles like Peter and Paul. We see it in Jesus' life himself. He laments before God in the garden. He laments over Jerusalem. Lament is just crying out to God and telling him what he already knows. The world is not as it should be. It allows us to ventilate our emotions in a safe place. And that's before our beloved heavenly father. He wants to, wants to hear what's on your heart. It cultivates in our heart hope for heaven. It also, uh, also cultivates in our heart hate over sin. And I think after a, a difficult and traumatizing year, it's good for the church to do together. So we're gonna go through some pictures here. And uh, here's what I wanna do as a congregational response. Every once in a while, I'm just gonna pull back from the pictures and I'm gonna say this to you. I'm gonna say, church, life is hard. And in response, I want you to say, we all need good news. Will you repeat after me? Say, we all need good news. So I'll say, church, life is hard. You get the picture, all right. To begin, we start with the pandemic, a virus that has taken something from all of us. Uh, this is a picture of Yoshia Huomoto. She's a 98-year-old woman reacting with joy as her son Mark and her niece Gail surprised her in March with her first in-person visit in a year. Look at her face. I think this is how most of us felt at the start of 2021. I was full of hope. I thought COVID was in the rear view. It would be behind us soon, but I guess that was naive. This next picture is a picture of the president and vice president in January standing at the National Mall to remember the 400,000 lives that were lost to COVID. This next picture is a picture of our congressional leaders in February. You see the senator from Kentucky, Senator McConnell. They're standing in front of the Capitol to remember 500,000 American lives lost. This next picture is of Lila Banks, one of the many who lost a loved one. She's a citizen of Texas, 50 years old, lost her husband. The total of Americans has now exceeded over 800,000 deaths, including precious lives from our church family. One COVID funeral for a pastor is one too many. I've had to do more than one. Church life is hard. And we do. They estimate well over 5 million people globally have died from this virus. This is a picture of a massive cremation field in India. A cremation field. India is a country who got hit as hard as any country worldwide. Now, while many of us, uh, many of us have, have survived this, um, all of us have lost someone close to us. Those of us who have survived wonder how these two years will traumatize us going forward. We've been forced to either isolate and then that's sad or we've been forced to fight for community and normalcy in the strangest of ways. Uh, like for example, the socially distanced space bubble concert in Oklahoma City. What in the world? I mean, we're going to look back at pictures on this, this time. We're going to be like, what in the world? 
Now, of course, for the record, if you want a space bubble experience, you can go to the Mexican restaurant right across the street from the church over there afterwards. Limoni saw has little bubbles outside. Uh, you can get a Christmas taco, great lunch fajita, chips and salsa. Love those guys over there. <laughs> now, what about our kids? My kids have been very resilient through this all. I'm proud of them, but schooling in life has been non-traditional to say the least. And I know we all hope and pray that it builds character rather than doing harm, but it's been a hard year. Church, life is hard. And indeed we do. Now, as if the virus wasn't enough, the nation faced natural disaster as our world groans underneath the curse of sin. You might remember there were winter storms uh, that hit Texas, bringing historic cold weather, power outages, and 200 deaths from just a storm. This is a picture of a 19-year-old girl resting in a cart as she waits just to get in the grocery store. Wildfires continue to burn down acres of forests and homes in California. Seems like they never stop. And then Hurricane Ida hammered the East Coast. You might remember it made its way all the way to New York City. I can still remember the video footage of subways just being flooded with water. Now, Louisiana felt like it got hit the worst by Ida, though. When Ida made landfall, there was a Category 4 storm. And in some ways, it felt like much of the work done to rebuild from Katrina just got washed away. Then, of course, this past week, Kentucky, sadly, made national news as historic tornadoes destroyed entire communities. Mayfield has got the most press because of the candle factory that collapsed there. These people's lives were just reduced to rubble overnight. Places like Bowling Green and Dawson Springs, pictured here, were devastated as well. The last number I heard, 74 Kentuckians have been confirmed dead. Church, life is hard. Now, on top of all this, our country feels like it's at war. January 6th may have been the pinnacle of that. White supremacists, Q conspiracy theorists, and extremists breached our capital. Some of them made it all the way inside the Senate chambers and then prayed to Jesus there. The Capitol police force crumbled beneath the size of the breach. And this was a frightening moment for many of us. I sat glued in front of the TV, angry and sad. Racial unrest still burns hot. This is a woman at a rally outside the government center in Minneapolis where the Derek Chauvin trial was held. Now, some of my closest friends in life are black men, pastors, doctors, artists, fathers. And each told me they wouldn't even watch the trial as it played out because their hearts couldn't take it if justice was not served again. The Chauvin trial dug back up the trauma around the tragic deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, and the weeks of protest that followed, some of which turned violent, and our city experienced all of it as much as anyone firsthand here in the bill. There's still a crisis at the border. This is a picture of a Department of Homeland Security holding facility in Texas from this year. Miners are being held at eight pods there. 
that are about 3,200 square feet in size. Many of the pods have more than 500 kids crammed into them. So if you could imagine about an 80 by 40 foot space with 500 kids jammed into it, you're starting to get the picture. Now it's popular to, to blame President Trump for this and he does deserve blame. But last time I checked, these detention centers were built before his administration and they're still being used after his administration under President Biden. So it feels like it doesn't matter who's in charge. For some strange reason, immigrant children just don't matter as much as the rest. Pictures like that one just break me. They're kids. There's a mental health epidemic sweeping through our country as well. Uh, Simone Biles is an example of how this can affect even the most gifted among us. Life is hard, y'all. And we do. Lastly, we were reminded that war continues to ravage Americans and people everywhere. These are Taliban fighters standing guard on a roadside in Kabul as they reinstated extremist Islamic rule. Taliban fighters met no resistance as they took over the capital a few months ago. The Afghan government that was backed by the U.S. collapsed almost immediately when we withdrew all our troops. U.S. allies and those afraid of the Taliban tried to evacuate the country. You might remember this picture right here of folks packed on the planes. Go to the previous slide for me, please. Yeah, remember that one? That was all over the internet. And this next picture is a picture of an American soldier on a helicopter on the way out. Now, every military person I've talked to is haunted by pictures like this one right here because their deployments, their time spent away, their friends they lost while at war, it feels to them like it was for nothing. Just watching all this play out was incredibly difficult for each of them. Now, of course, violent conflict is not unique to us or to Afghanistan. It's happening in other parts of the world. One that hits especially close to home to us is the coup that happened in Myanmar where one of our global outreach partners serves. The stories that we've got from them, just scary and sad. It's especially sad to me because anytime war happens, it's, well, in the eyes of a Christian at least, it's civil war because humanity is at war with itself. So one more time, church, life is hard. And we do. Now, this last picture sort of sums up the state of things for me. Uh, here we see the Christ Redeemer statue in Brazil as the sun rises. This is what it feels like. <laughs> what it feels like to me. The world has gone up in smoke. We're all stuck down here in the fire. The thick fog is suffocating us. It's blinding us from looking up and just seeing the one who still rules and reigns above it all in unapproachable light. Jesus Life is hard, but we need Jesus. He is the good news. Now, I want to be clear. You know what all those photos were snapshots of? Let me be totally clear here. They were snapshots of the malignant presence of sin in the world. They all capture the devastating infiltration of evil 
on God's good creation. Our primary enemy, y'all, is not a politician. It's not a political party. It's not those Americans over there or those people on that side of the world. No, our primary enemy are spiritual forces of evil trying to destroy us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Taking this passage right here and applying it to the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King said this. He said, our resistance is directed against forces of evil rather than against people who happen to be doing the evil. It is evil that the nonviolent resistor seeks to defeat, not the persons victimized by the evil. Or in other words, we're aggressive against evil principalities, not the people who are victimized by them. So one more time, to be clear, sin is the power that is dividing us, destroying us, deforming us, and dehumanizing us. And in the midst of all that, like a gong, the good news of Christmas rings out. Gospel, glad tidings, peace on earth is possible at least among the people of the king. Now I want you to compare. I want you to compare the previous pictures that I just showed you to this picture right here. This is my six-year-old son, Palmer. I'm fond of him. He's a cute kid and he skipped school on Tuesday. Little twerp. Uh, no, I got him out of school on Tuesday and put him in my car and he and I and some volunteers uh, from our church drove to Bowling Green. And uh, we drove around some of the neighborhoods that were just devastated by the tornadoes and we prayed. We spent two hours at a local church unloading literal tons of supplies donated by this church. And he, he worked his little rear end off for two hours just with a smile on his face, lugging toilet paper and pillows and blankets into that church. I was, I was proud of him. And I was proud of you. Uh, last Sunday, you might remember, just on a whim, we had gotten a supply donation list from pastors in the impacted areas by the tornadoes. And we threw them out to this church and said, y'all do what you do. We got 30 hours and then we're taking trucks to Mayfield. And Y'all did it. I mean, have you, like, I don't know if you saw the Instagram or not, but not, but y'all did it. The whole lobby, the whole lobby was just full of stuff within hours. It just kept coming in. We had people walking in after dropping off saying, this is, y'all are in a lot of, you need help. Y'all need help. And, and just jumping in the serve line and helping us get all this sorted out. $40,000 of gift cards for gas and groceries were brought in in 30 hours. And then on Tuesday, four teams loaded up in trucks and we sent teams to Mayfield, Bowling Green, and Dawson Springs. And my son got to be a part of one of those. So thankful for the church that he is growing up in. And he got to learn a valuable lesson that day. There are some things we drop everything for, son, even school, because we are a good news people. And I promise you those trucks were good news to the people of Western Kentucky. Can you imagine? Can you imagine going to bed on Friday night and then waking up to the roar of a train in your front yard and the sound of sirens only to find out that it wasn't a train at all. It was a historic tornado ripping through your neighborhood and coming straight at your house. So you grab your family, you shelter and cover, you get hit right in the mouth by the tornado. And the next morning you, you come out of the rubble of your home just thankful that you survived it. But then you look around your neighborhood and you realize some of your neighbors didn't. And your neighborhood definitely 
did it. Everything, everything you had, gone. Just like that. All your clothes, all your food, gone. All your memories, gone. Those photo books, gone. That antique china set or whatever you got from your great-great-grandma, that thing's gone. Where are you going to get pillows and blankets tonight to sleep at? Where are you going to get water and food today to eat? What about electricity? Gone. Can I get cell coverage? No. Oh, what about Christmas? All the Christmas presents you'd wrapped up so nice and neat and put under the tree, those are gone too. Look, if that's your reality on Saturday morning, I promise you that a couple days later, when a bunch of trucks start rolling up from churches you've never been to and Christians that you've never met before from the other side of the state, it looks like good news to you. When they start handing out toilet paper and blankets and pillows, it's good news. When they start dishing out gift cards for gas and grocery, it's good news. When they start handing out toys so that your kids can still have Christmas that year, that's good news of great joy. And it gives you at least a little slice of peace on earth in the middle of the mess. I'm proud of you, church. Now, uh, shameless moment of self-promotion here. This is why we take up a Love the Ville Eve offering every year. For moments just like this, because we know they're coming. To be honest with you, last 10% of honesty. Uh, for those of you who don't know, every, every year during the month of December, we just go hard. We're like, hey, we're fundraising for our outreach efforts for the next year. Unapologetically, we need you to give above and beyond. Right? And, and last year, there was over, for, for years now, we've had over a million dollars collected each year. So this year, when for 10 days straight, we had to focus exclusively on tornado relief because we thought it was the right thing to do. And we we're like, well, we can't really talk about, we can't, let's just focus on this as the right thing. To, when we didn't talk about our Eve offering, I got a little anxious because there's gonna be a tornado next year. There's gonna be a hurricane or there's gonna be you know, racial unrest or food insecurity or something that the church needs to show up at and serve, right? But I, I caught myself saying this to, to one of our, our leaders this week. I said, um, you think we're making a strategic mistake focusing just on the tornado relief during this little three-week window where we have to raise a million dollars? Now, I caught myself in that moment because when it comes to our great God, throw the strategies out the window and just do the right thing, right? Just do the right thing. And when it comes to our great church, I believe y'all are great. I know y'all can walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay, so I have two asks for you today. Two. This is your Christmas homework, Northeast Christian Church. First, we still are doing relief for the tornado victims. So we need bags and batteries and we need them today. Uh, they're, they're going tomorrow. Uh, First Lady of Kentucky, uh, Brittany Bashir, did a national toy drive. I don't know if you saw this. Some of you probably donated, knowing y'all. Um, it, uh, it was pretty cool to see, uh, I think, 100,000 toys came in from around the state of Kentucky, around the country, into Louisville to be dis distributed. And so uh, it was Thursday night, the governor's office called us. They called just us. Um, they called us and they said, hey, we, we heard that Northeast comes through. So we need a couple things uh, from you. Uh, first, we need uh, 50 volunteers to help us sort and pack these toys to go to the kids in the tornado zones who will get these as Christmas presents. Can you help us with that? Oh, by the way, we need them tomorrow morning. It's like five o'clock on Thursday. We're like, yeah, we'll get them. Okay. And, and somehow we got them. So some of y'all showed up on Friday at Broadman. It was awesome. 
came through. Then on Friday, they called us back and they said, here's what else we need. We're realizing that we need bags to distribute these toys in. And we need batteries. A lot of these toys come and uh, batteries not included. So do you think you can help us out? Said, I'll be glad to take in front of our church. So if you have time today, if you have the financial means to do so, I would encourage you to go out to the store, grab some bags, grab some batteries. We'll have the bins out in front of the church until the end of the day today. We've already got a few bins full over there in the corner. I'm not sure if you saw those posted it on social media on Friday. So if you want more information, you can find it there, but we need bags and batteries. Uh, I'm asking you to support that. Now, second, I'm also reminding you today on December 19th, y'all always wait till the last second to give. It's cool, you know, I just wanna enjoy my Christmas one year, but y'all can wait. Um, I'm asking you to give big and bold to our Love the Ville outreach offering for 2022. Give until it hurts, give twice, give your bonus, okay? I don't care, like, please. Give, give because you know that what you give is gonna go in the right direction. I think we have years to prove that what this offering goes to is desperately necessary in our community. We don't know what it'll be next year, but it will be something. And I want our church to be able to step up. I want you to know, thanks to your generosity last year, quick snapshot, here were some of the things that the Lord got done through this church this year. Uh, we were first able to help multiple refugee families get settled in Louisville. I mean, by settled with apartments, furnished, help them get jobs, help them get on the citizenship track, get their kids into JCPS, all the things. Uh, we also sent thousands of dollars to help refugees fleeing from Afghanistan. We also were able to send thousands to local counseling centers, uh, one of which specifically uh, focuses on the mental health for first responders. Uh, this Easter, we were able to give $50,000 to High Point Charitable Services in LaGrange to cover half the cost for their Grace Resource Center. What's that, Tyler? It's a facility that they're building to serve as a hub to provide food, mentoring, life skills, and financial coaching to the poor of Oldham, Henry, and Trimble County. We completed 19 different clean water projects around the world, which will give clean water to 2,250 people for life, which is amazing. We were able to give $150,000 to our newest partner, World Impact, who raises up leaders among the urban poor to lead churches and ministries among the urban poor. Uh, other significant partners include UP, who serve homeless women and children, Scarlet Hope, who serve women in the adult entertainment industry, Prisoners Hope, who serves prisoners here locally, Hand in Hand, who does home repair in the Portland neighborhood, Portland Promise Center, which serves and mentors the Portland youth, Dare to Care, which is fighting food insecurity right here in Louisville, Beside You for Life, which helps women in crisis pregnancies and their unborn children, Supplies Overseas, which delivers medical supplies to the developing world, Earth Mission Asia, which is trading up indigenous leaders to provide health care in Myanmar, Oasis, which is a college ministry in Chile, and many more other nonprofits and organic ministries and even churches who aim to replicate this Love the Ville DNA across our city and the country. Our biggest donation this year, for those of you who are curious, was a $200,000 donation to uh, the housing crisis in our city. I don't know if you've noticed, but all the major, yeah, praise God. Uh, all the major cities in our country since COVID started has had an increase in homelessness been incredibly difficult. So we decided, you know, we want to be an answer to that here in our city. So from that big chunk of money, uh, part of it went to microloans. 
Part of it went to Hosea's house for transitional housing for women and children who are coming out of crisis and into recovery. And part of it, this is my favorite, went to six different individuals. Uh, Two of those individuals are small business owners associated with our church, and four of them are teachers in our partner schools. It went to down payment assistance so that these six individuals, for the first time, could buy a home. And I love it. I love it. Here's part of the reason why I love it, because seven or eight years ago when we started our school partnerships, we started with Chansey Elementary, and we're like knocking on the door like, listen, Miss Cosby, Rhonda Cosby, there, it's not Miss Cosby, we ain't weird, okay, we ain't gonna pan out gospel tracts, we just wanna love the kids and the teachers here, and she's like, I believe you, and she let us in, and fast forward eight years later, we've got 11 partner schools all across the city, and we're so deeply entrenched finding out the needs of those leaders therein that we're helping teachers get into houses. I mean, God is so good. He takes what we give him and he does immeasurably more with it. So I'm just so thankful for this church. Now, speaking of school partnerships, again, we do have 11 public school partnerships. And last week in this room, we had hundreds of kids from our partner schools who might not have Christmas otherwise come and join us for the Love the Ville Christmas Eve party. Was anybody able to come and volunteer for that? It's amazing. Thank you for volunteering. We had the circus like swinging from the roof and running around and juggling stuff again uh, like they do every year. And those kids loved it. We also had our teenage pregnancy program Christmas party at the TAP school. If you don't know about this school, Jefferson County has a teenage pregnancy program where if a high school girl gets pregnant, she can come there, finish her diploma. There's a nursery on site. There's mentoring skills for how to be a mom and live your life when you're 16 with a baby. It's a beautiful place of second chances. So we support it. Oh, lastly, on a personal note, I think I reported this to some of y'all a few weeks ago. Uh, We have helped more Northeast families inside of our church this year with our outreach monies than any year I can remember in recent history because it's been a really, really hard year and the church should be there for its own. So praise God. Jesus is why. Jesus is why. And Jesus is the gospel. He is the good news we celebrate this time of year. Luke 2, verse 10, I bring you good news, the angel said, that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is for everyone, which means Jesus is for you if you'll have him this Christmas. You ever notice who the good news comes to, by the way, in Luke? I outlined it this week, just just a brief outline. First, the good news comes to a doubting priest and an ashamed and barren old woman. Next, it comes to a poor and unimportant pregnant middle school girl we might call Mary. She was at the bottom of the social hierarchy during her time. Next, it actually comes to an unborn child. You ever notice this part of the story where pregnant Mary with Jesus on board walks into pregnant Elizabeth with John the Baptist in her stomach, and you know what John the Baptist does? What does he do? He actually leaps for joy inside of her, which shows me that even the most basic and vulnerable lives are important and purposeful because they can, in fact, glorify God. Next, we see a group of social outcasts receive the gospel while they're working a night shift. We call them the shepherds. Then we see uh, an old man ready to die, receive the gospel. So this is an amazing part of the story. If uh, you can't stop reading Christmas at, at the shepherds. That's what most of us do. We get to the end of the shepherds and we're like, and that was Christmas, children. No, there's after that, they, they go to the temple. Jesus is born, they go to the temple. They do what they, you do for Jewish little boys, right? And, and while they're there, okay, this old man, Simeon, comes and takes baby Jesus. 
from Mary and starts singing over him. This is a very strange moment, by the way. If you put yourself there and you're like holding your baby and you can imagine like this old man stalking you and stealing the, why isn't Mary like hitting him with her purse? The bear mace, like help, why isn't she doing that? Well, the reason why is because the story explains this guy Simeon is a wise and righteous man who's filled with the spirit. Or in other words, he's not stranger danger. He's like Rafiki from the Lion King. You know what I'm talking about? Where Rafiki gets baby Simba on Pride Rock and it's like the circle of like, this is exactly, this is like a Simeon moment. Thanks Simeon. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, last, it comes to an 84-year-old widow uh, who feels like a slave. She's the prophetess, Anna. And when baby Jesus comes in, she starts singing Easter. Like she goes Easter, my redeemer lives. Like she's singing it, right? And they're like, Anna, that's the wrong, ho- that's the wrong holiday, girl. This is, this is Christmas. And she's like, no, my chains are gone. I mean, she's like, she's going, right? And she's right. She's right. She's right. Because the climactic moment of human history was born right then and right there 2,000 years ago. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, in our culture, you probably know this, we imbue importance on the exact opposite people that the Christmas story does. We imbue importance on celebrity and on youth and on beauty and on charisma. If you are Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, or, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you're getting invited to the party, right? What does The Rock not do for the record? Like he's, and then he, did you cut a, he just cut a music album? Like it's like, bro. Um, I saw an article uh, that recently that was like r- ranking the most popular selfies of all time. And you won't be surprised who's in the selfies. Uh, there was this one. Uh, it's uh, taken at the 2018 Super Bowl with Justin Timberlake, which is, this one's actually pretty cool. Um, there's this next one that was taken at a Springsteen concert, super popular. Did you know that Bruce Springsteen sold his catalog this week for $500 million? I don't know why I know you said, wow, because you ain't ever going to do that. Like, what are you going to sell for $500 million? And then um, that's not even the most popular one, though. The most popular selfie of all time is this next one. It was at the 2014 Oscars. You might remember it. Ellen DeGeneres walks off stage. She goes in the crowd, selfie. And you got Bradley Cooper. You got Julia Roberts. Uh, there's Brad Pitt and the Angelita Jolie, even Louisville's own uh, Jennifer Lawrence. A bunch of famous people there. Within 45 minutes, it had gotten a million retweets on Twitter. It actually crashed Twitter for a moment, which I find so rich. A selfie crashed Twitter. <laughs> Divine justice, right? <laughs> now, it was a clever idea. But every time I see that selfie, I always think to myself, if Jesus were here, I wonder who he'd take a photo with. Well, we don't have to wonder, I got a pretty good idea because ladies and gentlemen, back to our diagram, allow me to present to you the cast of the greatest story ever told, the invitees to the grand unveiling of God. And every single one of these people sit in categories of relative unimportance to us, but not to God. This is the kind of good news that we get to celebrate this time of year. Look, I'll tell you what, if the good news was for those people, it's for you. It's for you too. I love what the angel says to the shepherd, by the way. The angel looks at the shepherds and he says, today in the town of David, a child has been born to you, to you. Could you imagine the the boost of self-worth, 
that this gave to the shepherds, they were nobodies in the eyes of the world, but they were somebody in the eyes of the rulers of the universe. That's why we sing in O Holy Night, along lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul, the soul felt its worth. I pray your soul feels its worth this Christmas. I pray you celebrate the good news of Jesus. Celebrate with us this Christmas by allowing Jesus to heal you. Celebrate this Christmas by allowing the good news into your heart. Celebrate this Christmas by allowing your soul to, to warm, feel this undeniable worth in the eyes of the Father. Celebrate this Christmas by giving batteries and bags. Celebrate this Christmas by giving money to the poor. Celebrate this Christmas by coming back on Christmas Eve and singing songs with us and more importantly, celebrate this Christmas by giving glory to the one who made it possible, Jesus. He is the gospel. Would you do me a favor? Would you pull out your communion right now? And we're gonna take a moment, and I just wanna ask you to quietly celebrate where you're at. What the good news has done for you, whether it be today, this week, or in your life, just take a moment, about 30 seconds, Celebrate our Jesus. And then together we'll take the bread and the cup and we'll celebrate together one more time.